0: Greetings, good people. Welcome to Soul Tree Conversations. I am your facilitator, Nekbet Tati Ra, and this is episode two. And per our ritual, before we begin our discussion for today, I am going to, of course, bring in and honor our ancestors um, and the energies that sustain us. So taking a nice deep breath in. And exhaling, praise and adoration to the highest known by many names in which all exist. We pour and give praise and adoration to the deities known by many names, the Orisha, Netteru, Abbasam, and the names that we did not call because we do not know your name at this time. We pour and give praise and adoration to our celestial ancestors who belong to our soul families, and we thank you for your love and protection. We pour and give praise and adoration to our ancient ancestors who left writings on the walls, mounds, statues, and literature to ensure that we do not forget the ways of our ancestors who left the model in which we live our lives today. We pour and give praise and adoration to our close bloodline ancestors, our maternal and paternal ancestors. We call on you at this time so we may honor you with this token of water. We pour to our spirit guides. We honor you. We thank you for your love and protection as we give love and protection in return. Thank you for your guidance and steering us in the right directions. Without our spirit guides, many of us would not be on this path at this time. We honor all our elevated ancestors who lived their lives in a righteous way, who stood for what they believed no matter what the obstacles were in their way. We honor you. We love and adore our healing ancestors, who passed on the tradition of healing their children and children's children, we honor you. We pour this token of water for the future generations, so they can pour water for us as we pour for our ancestors today. We thank the animals, spirit guides, and the mineral kingdom, love, honor, and respect to our warrior ancestors who fought and gave their lives for the survival of their lineage in ways we honor you. We salute the elements, air, fire, water, earth, ether, and shakim. We salute the direction, north, south, east, west, up and down, as well as our inner and outer. And we welcome you into the space as we create sacred space. So again, thank you for joining us today. Um, We will be speaking about our ancestors and the importance of what it means to honor them, what they mean to us. And what it means to work with them and heal not only ourselves, but our, our family lives, our lineage, our future generations, and ourselves through our ancestors. And today I have a wonderful guest. She is a beautiful songstress, a lovely ladybug. Her name is Lauren Talise. Hello, Ms. Lauren.
1: Hello. How
0: are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You are welcome. And so, just for the like the little bit of tea, she is my cousin. So <laughs> <laughs> we would probably have some cousin shenanigans. Um, just because you know, as kind as we sound, this is a no bullshit zone at the same time. So absolutely. Um. So yeah, my cousin and I just to give a little background about her, I'm going to let you do that. Actually, I'm not going to tell your story, but give a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into like the whole ancestor journey that you've partaken in and what I've partaken in.
1: Okay. So I am a creator. I'm a songwriter, a vocalist, and um, my goal is to create with agency and audacity. If that's a song, if that's, opportunities whatever that means I'm here and I'm loud and I'm excited about making a way for my folks and for people I believe in Um, and I think a part of that and that charge itself is from my ancestors I really believe that um, many before me and my lineage have had that same goal And I often feel kind of pulled in certain directions, and I know that it's them guiding me and and leading me in those directions. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to meet eight grandmothers ago, a a writer, a songstress. You know, I, I definitely believe that that's like intrinsically inside of me and that I, the the more exploring I do, the more I get connected to those folks. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Yes, thank you, ma'am. Love you, love you. She's a great singer, and we'll we'll give her plug before we leave too, so you can like go listen to her and let her make you cry and sing you to sleep. Um, so it's I, you know, we we're family. So even though we sh- we share the same. Um, my mother is her father's. Sister, So that's how we are connected. But, you know, of course, we have duplicate um, ancestral energies, of course, just from, like, our surname, maiden name energies. And Lauren has embarked on, like, I I have dubbed her. (laughs) I think she's dubbed herself this, too. But I've dubbed her, like, the family historian because (laughs) (laughs) it's true for real. Like. You know, like, for the longest time, as we said before, we've been looking into, like, figuring out, like, you know, where our people come from. Like, we've heard so many stories about our last name and our family being, like, Geechee and from, like, uh, I heard, like, French Guyanese or um, I haven't heard, like, Suriname at one point. So, you know, it, it almost was like no one really was available to, like, pinpoint where where our lineage comes from or like where our people came from and i know that your journey in getting to where you are now within our ancestral like digging started with your mom right with with my auntie yes yes
1: um probably about 10 years ago now um i started almost 10 years ago I believe. That's yeah 10 time. years ago yeah i was just on this journey to find my mom's first mother. My mother was adopted um, seven months after she was born in 1957. And um, I, she had been trying to look for her mother since I was a baby. And birth certificates and adoption records were sealed um, in those days, especially for the state of Ohio and I believe Georgia as well. So she kind of came to a lot of dead ends with um, folks. She hired professionals to actually try to find her her birth mom and her birth dad, and she just came to dead ends. So she kind of gave up. And then one day we were talking, and I just was drawn to try to find her her folks. And I was insatiable. There was I was just on a mission. It was like I was forfeiting sleep and just digging 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 and i'm really grateful to say that I was able to give that to my mother that's when folks ask me what i'm most proud of that is what i answer with just to have my mother in her 50s meet her birth mother thank god she's still alive you know um oftentimes that story is you know i finally found out who she is but so she's passed away sort of thing mm-hmm. um and, and you know she she met her and they have a relationship to this day my biological grandmother is eighty-four and she and my mother talk most often every day and it's just wonderful to have given my mom that sort of closure. Mm -hmm. Um she lost her mother for all intents and purposes, um, the woman who raised her in nineteen ninety two. So it had been a while since she felt like she had a mother and on this earth anyway. And um so yeah, that kind of just kind of sparked my my exploring my foraging through <laughs> ancestry and um, it let me know that it was possible to gain more insight and information and it was out there if I looked long and hard enough. so I started to make that journey on our side it's the um, lineage and the lines and ancestry that we share mm-hmm. um, and it's been great to make those discoveries and share them with you and talk about them with you as well.
0: Yeah. I have um, been completely reeling in just the amount of information that you have um, uncovered, even though like it's been 10 years. I mean, it, that's, that's, you have made like a lot of segue and, you know, for my own spiritual practice, ancestors are, just as at the forefront than any other, you know, spiritual energy. And before I got into like my formal practice, I was already speaking, you know what I mean? Speaking to ancestors and whatever, whatever knowingness or like whatever was in my blood without being able to speak a lineage or to speak a tribe name or an origin or a last name or even a first name, you know, I was just still speaking to them like, Whatever I need to do for myself or whatever gifts that I have that you have that are like, you know, gold, let's let's bring that out. Because I do feel like working with our ancestors and acknowledging them, it does bring out the best of us because they have, you know, we talked about this before about how... The time that our ancestors were in and with the regulations that they had due to Jim Crow laws, slavery, whatever Mm -hmm. aspects, they may not have been able to express some of the magic that they had. You know, so that's where we come Mm -hmm. in as this new generation. You being able to be a songstress, be able to be a creator and a writer and vocalize and share your musical gift with other people. That's you know, that is an ancestral gift.
1: It is. And, Just being able to dream yes. boldly is is a gift because, as you said, you know, Reconstruction, slavery, Jim Crow, even as recent as our parents, gener- well, my parents' generation, because you got a young buck mom, <laughs> but... Um- <laughs> I always say that when um, I, I actually have hung out with your mom a lot, as you know, but I'm telling you <laughs> She probably
0: appreciates that. she's um,
1: kind of like, that's your auntie? So, like, yeah. And right. she's proud of it. Too. She don't say, don't tell them. Don't tell them. I mean, your auntie. She, she walks in it. But um, anyway, there's a little gap um, between her mom and my dad's generation. But my dad was born in 1954. And even in his generation, you know, there were limitations there's that they they have that that blockage some folks who haven't been able to you know overcome it they had that blockage of let me let me make myself small let me just be grateful for this little bit
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know i'm just happy i'm surviving out here um let alone trying to do something like music or trying to do something like draw no i need to work you know that's mm-hmm. it i don't get to enjoy life and i think it's our our mission to to fully to live fully and boldly and just really embody the things that our folks dream. So yeah, I
0: totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like it's wonderful because I have I have like a physical ancestors altar and I've shared you know it with Lauren and the many the many transitions that is taken from me <laughs> initially setting it up and like you know just having it be. Um, immediate family that I was aware of from like our grandmother um, to some aunts and you know possible other close cousins and now it's like evolved into a little bit more of like deeper relatives and you know I've really noticed too that it's very like matriarchal Mm -hmm. like it's a lot I have a lot of like our great grandmothers and on both my sides you know my 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 mother's side, our side share together more so than my father's side. But, you know, mm. the more and more that I am working with them, they're like, girl, like this whole entire wall is going to be covered. Like it's going to be so mm. many ancestors coming forward that, you know, you won't even really have space for them. And it's, it's it was before you were even starting to like share all of the names and the photos and the other things that you were finding that they were telling me this so I kind of like prepared that space for them um because you know the more you expand and open up that lineage and kind of like are able to pinpoint who is in your bloodline you can call on them you know so it's like when we when you do ancestral work it is calling on your ancestors like literally like as you know I started out um with this this episode or this this session you know is calling them in because they do so many things for us knowingly and unknowingly you know they provide for us you know there's many times when i've like looked over at them like i don't know how y'all did it you know and i feel like we definitely have a, a more a much more easier life than they did um so you know the resilience that they have and that ability to push forward in certain adversities like I'm always asking them like I need you to help me to understand how to like you know pinch pinch these two things together even like asking like grandma how do you make fried chicken because I'm not a fried mm-hmm. chicken maker you know what I mean like how do you make fried chicken how do you make these black eyed peas and like you know sitting there and and recalling what it looked like for her to make it in the kitchen because she wasn't a ingredient person or like, you know, writing down recipes. You just watched her do whatever. So recalling that and using it to feed them because, you know, I, I feed the altar, right? I feed the altar. I give them water. I give them wine. Um, Whatever. If I have, you know, a little bit of like rum or vodka, I give that to them. Burning incense. Um, making sure that if I have coffee in the morning, they have coffee in the morning. If I'm eating eggs, they're eating eggs. You know what I mean? And it's like,
1: I'm not Mm -hmm. talking to
0: them like we're strangers. I'm talking to them like, what's up, y'all? Good morning. How y'all doing today? Because they're my family, right? These are your people. So it's not like... Oh, great ancestors, please grant me this wish. You know, like, these are your folks. Like, hey, I need y'all to show up for me. I'm about to go into this show. I'm about to go on this gig. You know, I'm traveling to this country, and I need y'all to be with me to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Like, go go ahead of me. Like, clear that path for yes. me so when I get there, everything is already lined up. Because what's happening is, like, just by you doing that, Lauren, just, like, by you digging them up, for a lack of a better term, and, like, we're able to call on them now. Like they are working just as hard for us to make sure that those dreams that we do have come sooner and fuller into fruition because they're like, okay you No
1: know, Oh go ahead. I, I something you just said definitely when you said going into different countries or wherever I just think about where we go. Like when you think about our walk. Like, our individual walks are just being able to exist the way we are as, you know, black women in this time. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody asked me, to be clearer, like, somebody was asking me, I recently was a um, U.S. ambassador for culture um, in the whitest areas of the world. Mm -hmm. Literally, they sent me to areas of the world where the population was 96 and 97% white mm. um, because they didn't, they hadn't seen anyone who looked like me or my band and they wanted to increase awareness of us and, and jazz and culture. The government did um, that is. So when I went and, and came back, folks were asking me, so how was it? How did you explain, you know, black culture and, Black music culture, you know, Black American music, to these these groups of folks. And I was in rural cities in Poland and um, Montenegro and Ukraine, mm-hmm. places I never thought I'd go. And what was interesting is that I didn't explain. And I could see, I mean, I gave them music lessons and workshops. Mm-hmm. But what I could see more than anything was them taking me in mm-hmm. as, a black woman, you know, as I was. I didn't have to be anything but me. Mm. And what my ancestors gave me, whoever I may look like, whoever I may act like in my lineage, like me, I was the embodiment of a black woman just in my daily walk, just in the way that I talk, just in the way that I might do my makeup or wear a dress just me i represented so much that they kind of the notions that they had regarding um black folks Mm -hmm. in general were were turned on their heads because you can't possibly know how diverse we are by tv or movies Mm -hmm. and for, so for them, that's what i, I they've been taking me in. But as I thought about it with myself, I was just like, wow, all the women who bore me are here in Ukraine and Poland and Montenegro. I took these women ziplining across the forest mm. in some random country that they never thought they'd go to. And I'm free. And I'm walking around saying what I want, wearing what I want, doing what I want, commanding stages for all white audiences. And mm-hmm. they're clamoring at the bit. For me to just talk to them, smile at them, hug them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that is just absolutely, it's astounding.
0: Yeah, that actually makes me uh, very emotional. (laughs) Because I'm like, I I can see you there, you know, I I can see you there. And I can see, like, everyone um before us behind you do you know what I mean like wow in amazement like wow look at look at Lauren doing not only what she loves but she is just being authentic within her own truth and setting a new perception you know what I mean so it's almost like
1: mm-hmm.
0: the you you set a standard that they probably will not be able to uh regress from because you were the first experience that they may have had outside of seeing what was on television. Right. So you said, you said a reality for them that it was tangible.
1: Yes. And our music too, they were just like, we didn't know this existed. Like what do you Mm. call this genre? Mm. Like it's my voice and it's their voices. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this is actually my collective experience, but also traditions and dna coming through me mm-hmm. and allowing you to hear it and take it in mm-hmm. that's their first impression of black music of music from our ancestors because the way we sing you include it <laughs> i don't know if their <laughs> listeners know that you have a beautiful voice no
0: but thank um, you
1: <laughs> but now they do um that's a gift that we've been given yeah from our I, and i i don't know why i know for sure but i do from our matriarchal ancestors. Yeah. Like, we were totally given this gift from them. All of them can sing. Yeah. We just know it. Yep. And and the fact that we're doing it on, you know, we're able to use our voices in so many ways and we've done it on world stages, yeah. world class stages, and we'll continue to. Um, that, that's something I know makes them proud and um, I, I, just, I just am so happy that we are doing that work in our different ways like you're doing it more um through your spiritual practice and i am as well because music is my it's spiritual spirituality practice yeah well. that's very true so it's it's just so amazing to be able to do that but like you were saying and and i i don't have an altar yet it's something that i thought about mm-hmm. um doing but just to see some of their pictures just to lay your eyes on some of their names mm-hmm. because. A while ago, you had shared um, on Facebook with me um, a diagram that showed, I believe we had like 32 or I yeah. forgot how many yeah. great Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, those generations, mm-hmm. wow. That's a lot. Like, it is. Just to think about edifying and honoring all those women who You know, some of them lived in very primitive Mm times, and some of them, you know, were able to see slappers and old Hollywood, you know, sirens. Yes. You know, people looked at men, you know, leading a church and a congregation, and they wanted to do that as women for themselves, and they had to do it in secret. And You know, women who used nature as their guide and and completely healed people through that and, and listened to the earth. In order to give the messages that they needed, right? It's just—it's amazing to think about how where we came from, right?
0: Yeah, I like um, when I when I can't remember that post either, but I when I looked at that, I, all I saw was money, and I, and I know that sounds really weird, hmm. but I was just thinking about ancestral wealth, right? And mm-hmm. um, what that means—the gifts, because of course, you know, as. Um, Black indigenous people, Um, you know, we don't know our tribes off off the bat, so I consider myself to be an indigenous black um, American woman, African American woman, Mm -hmm. and to think about our lineages before we were brought over here and what that meant, like what, you know, what kind of royalty were we a part of, were we we a part of royalty, like what were our roles in our communities and our tribes, you know, who, who was the entertainer, right, in our, in those um, a- in those areas, like who was the singer, who was the griot? You know what I mean? Because the griot right. is, is the storyteller, that the orator of that magic, and that's through song, that's through dance, that's through interpretation. And I like I feel that our generation, our voice is so um, representative of that, and we each have our own way of doing it. We each show up in a different way, but it, I just see us like making that part of our bloodline so proud to say, like, wow, look at them, like, thriving and um sitting in their power and in their seat of ownership of who they are and where they come from and unafraid to speak that truth. Um And, you know, I go back to thinking about, you know, the, the songstresses in our lineage, lineage and thinking about that ancestral ceremony where the ancestors came through for me saying, like, oh, you know, Make sure you always sing whenever you feel any kind of way. You sing, but you don't ever sing the blues. You always sing, so you can bring those birds to you, right? Because birds are messengers, and they carry your message far and wide, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about grandma. How in the middle of the night it could have it could have been one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. She would always she was always singing, always singing something whether it had Mm. been a gospel song or humming, she was always in some form of um, vocal or or song prayer. And, you know, for us, like grandma, she wasn't, she was pretty um, subtle. She was a very subtle spirit. You know what I mean? She wasn't like Mm -hmm. aggressive or a complainer or anything like that. She was just a very, very like, I don't want to say subservient woman, but I would just say that she was very, um, demure in her way. So for her, when she was doing that, now that I'm older, I see that that was her way of being like, God, or, you know, God, God, it's like, I need help. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I need whatever, whatever is going on with my children, whatever's going on with my great grandchildren, my health, you know, I need you to come through. And for her to be singing those songs, was like a calling out to those birds like (laughs) send my message Mm -hmm. you know like when I when I watch you perform I see that moment where you're so immersed in the vibration and the frequency of the musicians around you that you can Mm -hmm. go there you know like you you take your music there even more and it becomes Mm. enchanting it brings people in because it's many things it's the emotion of your of your words and what you're saying and The feeling that you're bringing behind it and the way that you are um, exerting it and sharing it and including other people in the story. Right. Because there's difference between someone who is an entertainer and someone who just like performs. Right. So you're engaging people and you're bringing them in to. What you're what you're feeling within your own music, so they're experiencing that stage presence with you. You know what I mean? Even though they're watching you, it's almost like they're up there with you. That's how, at least, that's how I feel when I'm, you know, sitting in a space where you're performing, or when when I have sat in a space where you perform. You do include people, and that's that's magical. You know what I mean? Like that's enchanting. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, <laughs> I'm like it really does because
1: you know it. I I do. I don't think about it exactly like that when I'm on stage, but it's something that's always been natural to me. Like, I want people to enjoy the fullness. I want people to forget about the mund- mundanity of life. There are things that we have to do every single day, day in, day out, mm-hmm. that grown-ups just have to do. But I don't think we should lose our childlike, uninhibited, um, unjaded enjoyment. Mm-hmm. in life. And I think that music and, and seeing performances and seeing shows and listening to music um, gives you that those rare times where you can actually just let go and enjoy, as opposed to thinking about the next thing you got going on for however long, for those few minutes, for those couple hours that you're really there and engaged. You're not thinking about what people are expecting of you. You're not thinking about what you have to give someone else. and I not thinking about any responsibilities. You're really nourishing yourself by being present in that moment and taking in whatever is happening in front of you. And I, that's how I feel when I'm performing. I feel like, you know, I'm having a, a very, very spiritual time, even though it's not in a traditional sense. I feel like I'm able to let go, enjoy, be present, and um, actually experience joy and it's I I want nothing more than for people to actually experience that with me so it means a lot to hear
0: you say that yeah I feel that way you're welcome <laughs> and it's, it's so <laughs> what, funny it's because so- Lauren um always makes fun of me because I'm like the most like non-expressive person <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like that's I great I think you are expressive yeah. I, I think
1: I do I really do think you're expressive I just think you're funny <laughs> we're, we're both expressive in different ways but I right. definitely think you're
0: expressive yeah I'm getting I'm um, getting there I'm like more sarcastic with my expression I'm like that was fucking great you, you're, you're very
1: sarcastic <laughs> but <laughs> very giving generous and, and um, just all around you're present whether people want you to be or not you are present and that's you know that's a beautiful thing um, when somebody's talking to you, when when you're talking to someone, um, you're all ears and you're there. You listen intently, not with you know the intent to respond, but to actually soak in what it is somebody's trying to communicate to you. You know, orally or through their body language, language or whatever, and that's a good thing. I wonder who was like that in our. In our lineage, right? Um,
0: yeah, cause because everybody's you know, like,
1: Are you a therapist? Lineage, that is not the case, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> our aunties and the, the other matriarchal folks, um, yeah, are very <laughs> They old, I mean, old
0: school they with their ears,
1: yes, they are. They're very, but let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> but with the exception of my mother and your mother, who are not related, but I would say that if I think about who I mean, and your mom definitely likes to share things of her experience and um, give of her expertise on things. She's consulted many, but at the same time, she knows how to listen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my mom is a great listener as well. I definitely did not get that from my father. <laughs> <mind. laughs> I have to admit, but they, they are, I'm not trying to knock them or take anything from them. I think they have many gifts, and I think they're, I got passion and conviction And all those things, um, from our, um, the, the lineage we share as well. Oh yes. That immediate, that immediate, um, generation before us, I think our parents and, um, our aunts and uncles are very passionate Mm -hmm. about many things, about Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is a passionate display, whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad. Right. (laughs) Um, just to be able to access those emotions is something that, um, or recognize them is something that many people don't have. So. That's how I turn that on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's a very uh, uh,
0: pointed energy.
1: One thing that I was thinking about as you were talking about grandma is that because of the nature of our parents, generations, their ages, and then their actual personalities and walks through life, I actually grew up being closer, a little closer to granddaddy Mm -hmm. than grandma. Mm -hmm. I would see grandma, but I didn't spend as much time time with her as I became of age. Yeah, as it was you was opposite. Did. Me. I think that's yeah. interesting because many people are often closest to if their grandmother and grandfather aren't married or together, they're usually closest to their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um and I saw my grandfather way more than I saw my grandmother coming up just because of my dad being, you know, really close to him. Yeah. I think it's it's funny that we can we come from the same folks, but we have completely right. different, different experiences.
0: experiences. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like I don't. I think like uh, the only thing that I really remember about Granddaddy was his shaking my face from his Parkinson's when he would kiss me on my cheek, and his mm-hmm. the way he would say, "Hey, baby, <laughs> hey, yes. baby, <laughs> yes," he always calling somebody baby. Yeah, so like that—that that was um, great.
1: I I remember. I don't. I don't remember. I remember grandma singing a little bit, but I didn't get a chance to really hear her sing a lot. Mm-hmm. I talked to her as, you know, she is at by the time she uh, her life came to an end here on earth, she um was suffering from dementia. Mm-hmm. Um and I've talked to her a lot in my late twenty my mid to late twenties mm-hmm. as she was on the decline. And she was very bar- she could name her, um, this was when I started actually looking into our family lineage. Mm. She could name her, um, grandparents. Mm. She, she told me about grandma Daisy. She told me about her mother and she told me about being in Tennessee and she was trying to remember different aunts and uncles names, but you know, her, her, um, actual presence of mind would fade in and out. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because she didn't know who she was talking to on the phone. Some of those times she'd be like, where's her husband at? And I'd right. be like, I, it's <laughs> one. I'm like, I'm, it's I'm not married, <laughs> but Other times, she'd be like, yeah, and then Grandma Daisy, and then we went down to here, and we went down there, and I spent the summers there. So, it was very interesting to talk to her about that. I really wish that I had talked to her um, earlier in my life, like in my early 20s. But I I don't remember a lot about her in my youth Mm -hmm. uh, and those experiences that you shared with her singing and stuff like that, only a little bit. I remember being over the house with you and stuff sometimes and her singing and, and also one of our aunts that passed away, um, our auntie Winky, um, singing as well, making up songs and playing with us and stuff like Crazy. that. Crazy, yeah. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but my, um, but our grandfather and my dad were like brothers, like they were like best friends. So literally whenever they both loved the lottery and it's so funny watching my father get older now that he's 65, he's turning into him. <laughs> um, and, and like they both got their scratch off and, When my grandfather, when granddaddy would hit, um, he would bring money to my father and take us out. And it it just was hilarious. It was completely, um, it it wasn't the wholesome type of um, relationship that you would observe with grandfathers, with other grandfathers. Like, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't unwholesome, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a traditional, you know, just, regular type of grandfather thing like oh come sit on my knee it was more like you know he was always fast so it was (laughs) you know he's showing up in some car right randomly pop up over the house right a couple hundred dollars just randomly like (laughs) here you go so this is funny i feel like that's like
0: traditional black family though like lottery and playing playing the numbers and just showing up well not not now but like showing up unexpected you know what i mean like that's just Kind of like how we yeah. how we created our tradition, um, yeah, <laughs> for ourselves. It's it's
1: awesome to think about. I wonder who, I mean, we, we focus so much on the uh, matriarchs of our family because those are who are are communicating with us now. I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. more, um, but I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think we both have a great balance of masculine and feminine energies mm-hmm. in us, mm-hmm. um, and I I wonder once, they start making themselves more known Mm -hmm. um what patriarchal folks we actually have been um making proud as well yeah i feel like there's certain parts of us that are like this has to be some family member on our patriarchal side
0: (laughs) well i like i love that we have like our great um grandfather napoleon who you shared um that like that obituary is probably like one of the o- the best obituaries I've ever read <laughs> in my like oh life. My considering that you know we've I mean I've not gone to a lot of funerals, but when it comes down to like obituaries, they're kind of like you know straight to the point. That it was so poetic and so um, oh my god magical. I wish I had it right here with me. Yeah, I
1: feel like we should speak for your listeners. Right, <laughs> it's it's the same. Maybe we could like make it available for them later, but it's so. I never, I don't like funerals, like, in the sense that they are now. Yeah. I, I don't, I try not to go through any of them if I have to. Right. But um, that obituary?
0: Yeah, it was like, very enchanting, like, very. I,
1: I, I can't even describe how I felt reading it. It really made me happy. I've never become happy from reading an obituary or series. No, nah, that's how I felt. So I
0: felt the same way. I was like, wow, like. It definitely, it definitely made me want to know him even more. Um, yes. Because it gave insight to him as a person versus like who he <laughs> left behind and what he did like right before he passed away. Like it just showed you his passions of like writing and how, you know, I think whatever book that they referenced, um after I had looked it up was like a book on like kind of like meditation, but to imagine like, cause yeah, the road yes, vendor. Yes. Cause it was like, is it for he's third? Is it third generation? What was his, what generation is he for us?
1: Yeah.
0: I can't remember. I think it's third or fourth <laughs> generation. I don't remember either, but just to, just to imagine like just three generations from that time that, our great grandfather in some respect was a meditator or like very spiritual within himself, um, outside of like a solid Christian background is saying something. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like in, in whatever way we all have some spiritual adherence, even though we may not follow fully in the footsteps of our parents when it comes down to like, you know, good old fashioned biblical church, you know what I mean? So like, Mm or a Baptist church, um, so even that in itself is like, wow, what, what else, what did they do, right? What what gold, again, within not just our matriarchal um, blood, but our patriarchal blood as well, do we have that we can have access to? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just going to like speak real quick to like the ancestral arts, altar that you had mentioned before about setting up. Like most black families have one unknowingly. Because everybody oh. has that one mantle where you got pictures of your family. You know what I mean? Like you have, you already have pictures up of your grandparents, or a, a uncle, or they might save the obituary and put it up somewhere, and you might see like a bowl of candy. You know what I mean? Like on the mantle, that's an altar. You know, like setting mm-hmm. up altar spaces when it comes down to spirituality. Like I feel like the new, new age shit that's out right now like people fuck stuff up all the time cuz they're like oh it has to be this way or it has to be mm. that way um and it doesn't like setting up altars is super super duper simple all you basically need is like your own personal in- intention right you just get your nice little space um you know i guess traditionally it's best to have your ancestral altar as like low on the ground as possible um and as far mm. as like traditional african spirituality they should be facing the west because that is, you know, like the sun, the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. The the west is where our ancestors, that's their realm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, setting that up, I have like um, some uh, peppermints on my altar. At one point I had lemons. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) I had them on there and uh, I had put grandma Jim, um, grandma's grandma Mm -hmm. or mother on there. That's when I first put her up there, and she was like, you need some lemons on this altar. I was like, okay, I'll get some lemons. And then she was like, wow. but only keep them for seven days, and then I'm going to need you to break them and clean the house with them. I'm like, okay, I can I can do that. Put lemon water in my – lemons in my uh, wow. mopping water. So I did that, but I've kept the peppermints up there, and, like, I think I have, like, a beer and, like, a little bit of, like, Bombay and a cigar, um, that's for the, the dudes, the fellas. But I feel like some of the women in our family were not afraid of yeah. a good cigar. So um, you know, that's that. That's that air element, fire. I might have a white candle there, and not only that, but for real, for real, Lauren. Like, not only are are our ancestors good for opening the way for us, but they are our fucking like. They'll beat your ass. You know what I mean? Like, just because mm-hmm. just because I'm not in the in the physical, I will still beat your ass over my baby, right? So it's mm-hmm. like I can I can still go to my ancestors and be like, oh grandma, you know they fucking with me out here. Like I'm gonna, can you get them? Cause I can't get them. You know what I mean? Like they will ha- they will have your back. Um, and you know when when shit starts to move, you're thinking, oh my god, like this is horrible. But it's like, no, nah, baby, I got that out, out the way for you. Cause that wasn't for you. We had to we had to remove such and such or so and so because mm-hmm. they didn't have your best interest at heart. So. You know, I definitely encourage an active ancestral altar just because that just gives you more to work with. But like I said, we as black people, most of us already got that in our families anyway. So you go to your grandma's house and she got somebody up there regardless with her a little, table, you know, yeah. a whole table with the cri- the crystal bowl, the crystal like, uh yeah. with the, can- the, the hard candies in it, you know, or they say, don't, okay, you can't touch that. Don't touch that, baby. You, mm-hmm. you know, this- that's that part that's off limits. Um so yeah, I definitely wherever wherever you feel inclined and naturally where they want, they'll tell you they communicate with us all the time, they'll be like, we need yeah. to, we, we want to go right here, that's where you that's what you do, you know um, but I definitely you know, if you can find the access to the um obituary, I would love to share that and then so, oh. If
1: you don't mind, I would love to read it. Oh, you have it?
0: it. Okay, go ahead. Go for it. Okay.
1: So it starts off with a quote from the Roadmender, which goes, To have faith is to create. To have hope is to call down blessings. To have love is to work miracles. And, again, that's by the Roadmender, um, by Michael Fairless, which was, in fact, um, an alias. It was a female um, author of this book, but the book was written initially in 1904. So she had a male alias because they didn't really respect a lot of female authors back then. So I thought that was interesting in itself. Mm. Um, Anyway, in a remote community in Maui County, Tennessee, December 12, 1894, Napoleon was born. He was the son of Joe and Maddie Frierson and the second of nine children. Children, as a rule, mimicked their elders. Napoleon was no exception. His father enjoyed tilling the soil as this seemed to bring men closer to God. From early manhood, Napoleon painted and landscaped unsightly areas, making them appear as though Mother Nature had waved her magic wand, whispering beauty that she passed. Receiving his academic training in the public schools of Columbia, Tennessee, his constant thought were censored on moving to an area where better educational opportunities were available. He met Miss Edith Howard, who later became his wife. Six children were born John Wesley, Lillian, Napoleon Jr., Wilbur, Fanny, and Jesse. Now that Mr. Frierson had married and some of the children were nearing school age, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Job opportunities also flourished. As a writer, he put himself into his book the painter puts himself on canvas. Mr. Frierson had had himself in many areas of Nashville, landscaping and painting from day to day. He lives with nature in all her forms. Everything that she creates is a masterpiece, and he loves every flower that grew. We were put into the world to master life the best we can and then get on with the work we feel most capable of handling. Aside from knowing, loving, and serving God, there is a duty of serving one's country. Mr. Frierson served his country in World War One. In this life, we are called to bear burden of a long, twilight struggle, year in and year out, rejoicing in hope, patient and tribulation. We bear the struggle to the end. The end came Tuesday, June 22, 1965. A silent pillar of strength's voice has been spilled. And... That's the end. That's so <laughs> there's beautiful. a poem afterwards i don't know if you want me to read it but i mean i just think that it spoke so much as he said it speaks so much to him as a person the fact that that was written about him so delicately and so
0: generously just makes you want to know him right it speaks to his character thank you so much for sharing it oh <laughs> You <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think
0: that is a beautiful place to close. And I like definitely want us to come back and talk about this again, because I know that you will be uncovering more as the appointed yes. familial uh, historian. And uh, <laughs> I now, I now dub you. Okay. As you <laughs> put the um,
1: scepter on both my shoulders.
0: Right. <laughs> the ancestral historian <laughs> of our lineage. You will do it. Go forth and prosper. Um, before we close, if you could please let people know where they can listen to you, um, any, you know, any projects that you have. Go ahead. and Plug yourself, Gail. Okay. Ready? Okay.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as my cousin so kindly um, stated early in this podcast, my name is Lauren um, Talese is my middle name, um, and that's the artist name I go with, Lauren Um And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, that's L-A-U-R-I-N-T-A-L-E-S-E. Um, you could also plug that into Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, you know, wherever you get music. And my album, Gorgeous Chaos, is there. And also, on May 1st, I released a single called I Like You, you're nice um it's a cover of a blossom dairy song um so you could check that out as well and in 2021 i look forward to releasing new music but in the meantime please reach out and say hi let yes. me know what you think of my music
0: yes and she's cold with it cold <laughs> with it. I'm, okay i'm done <laughs> she's wonderful yeah so please uh listen to her and let her like i said lull you into a lovely place especially during this quarantine it just gives a nice vibe like i feel like it would be a good a good listen because it will it will um release your sympathetic nervous system and come into your parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system um <laughs> so thank you for listening and we will resume this conversation at a later date um and wellness you know i greet you until the next time thanks for joining us bye
1: Don't be afraid <laughs> to let your light shine on